welcome friends to another week of podcast episodes of Quest for You. Did you notice I'm working on interviews again? If you missed my first interview last week, please listen. It was with Susie and it was wide ranging, enlightening, inspiring. And I bet if you listen to it, you'll also feel inspired. And maybe it's just trying out a new recipe, which she definitely inspired me to do that. If you want to share your quest with me, please reach out. This doesn't have to be your entire life story. Maybe just part of it that was or is meaningful because it influenced the person you became or want to become. I'm interested in the challenges you've overcome and I want to learn what you did to move through them. And I want to share them with others. The tools that you used to stay motivated, on track and how you go after your dreams. I'm looking for real life stories, not success stories. I'm interested in your battles, ongoing and past. To me, this is the quest for you. This continuous effort to be our best self. You can tell from the things I share that I'm working on myself daily and that there are areas of my life that I tackle and just can't get right. But I keep at it. This is the quest. As long as we work hard and try, we are not stuck. So if you would like to share part of your quest with my audience, please let me know. You can go to my website, questforyou.com, and send me a note from there. I'm currently conducting all my interviews in person here in the Bay Area. I visit most of my guests at their homes, or they come to me. I like those personal meetings. They add an intimate touch. I'm sure at some point I move to interviews via Skype, but for now, I like meeting you all in person. So if you're here in the Bay Area and would like to share part of your quest with me, please send me a note. I would love to meet you. And speaking of becoming better, apologies need to be part of our repertoire as humans. We simply cannot go through life without ever making use of an apology. Even the happiest couples and best friends argue. In fact, I believe healthy arguments and disagreements make a relationship or friendship better because it means that there is work being done. You're getting to know each other. You're making a living together. You're forming a relationship. These are things that require effort. If it's easy, in my opinion, then there is no effort. Maybe one side just always agrees or doesn't speak up. That to me is not the point of being in a relationship. It's through the work which comes in form of disagreements and conflicts that we create a better bond together because we also learn more about ourselves. Apologies are a critical element of conflict. Despite our best and most loving intentions, we all mess up sometimes. Our words and actions, even if unintentional, sometimes wound others. And by doing so, we jeopardize the intimacy between us and the other person. And one of the only ways to fix it, to avoid estrangement, walls, loss of intimacy and trust, is to apologize. I may have shared with you that I have a close friend in my life with whom I have considered breaking up, so to speak, because the pain his words cause is becoming increasingly unbearable for me. Even if 
everything else we do together is so much fun. I think words are one of the primary areas humans cause each other hurt, even if they are just on a screen as they so often are nowadays and less in person. Words are complicated because we're often unaware of how they land. I believe people rarely mean harm, but it's the way they have learned to communicate that is not always the most effective. Apologies don't reverse the words or the actions that took place. They also sometimes don't help heal the wounds that they caused. But they are an effort on the person that caused the harm to try to fix the situation. I think apologies are powerful in three distinct ways. Apologies, if well thought through and sincere, are a sign of love. Saying, I care about our relationship. I want us to be well and continue. Apologies are also a sign of self-awareness. It shows that you can reflect on your own actions and recognize when they are inappropriate. Thirdly, and this is where many of us fail, including myself, apologies are a sign of emotional maturity. Because an apology is an open expression of fault, many of us struggle showing this kind of vulnerability. It's those people that don't care about how they look, but care more about the relationship, who don't have a problem apologizing. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not afraid to apologize, but I often don't see the harm I did, so I miss recognizing the need for an apology. You see, we get apologies wrong. We falsely assume they are an admission of guilt. I know I do, but we miss the point. It's not about fault. We may not be at fault and we still caused harm. It's not about being right or wrong. An apology is needed when we made a mistake, when we were unskillful with our words and actions. An apology doesn't hit the reset button, but it gives the opportunity to restart. Dr. Cheryl Fraser, a therapist and Buddhist psychologist that I recently learned about on a different podcast, suggests the following model for an apology. I like it because it turns the apology from a one-sided attempt to fix and places the responsibility on both parties. First, she makes it clear that there are two people to an apology, the giver and the receiver. The apology must be offered, but it also must be accepted. The giver offers a message based on kindness, generosity, and compassion, and the receiver hears the message with an open heart and offers forgiveness. Second, she considers forgiveness as a critical part of an apology because without forgiveness, starting over is not possible. Therefore, both the offender and the offended bear equal responsibility for bringing together that which was torn apart. Both take full responsibility for the relationship. I like it because this is how it should be. The giver by offering to repair and the receiver by offering to forgive the mistake. This means there are three critical pieces to each apology. Repair, forgive, start over. The main job of the person apologizing is to intend to repair the damage that was done and heal the wound caused to the other person. For an apology, to rebuild intimacy, it should have three qualities. First, you need to own the behavior. 
Second, you need to repair the damage. Third, you need to vow to do better. I own a mistake when I acknowledge what I did or said was wrong. I repair it by apologizing for it, and I vow to improve by stating how I intend to handle myself going forward. This is an important step as it demonstrates that you're not only sorry, as we so often say, but you actually intend to make a change to your behavior. Now it's the other person's turn. The main job of the receiver of the apology is to forgive. Otherwise, the apology doesn't have any validity. We may not be able to forget a pain that was caused, but we can choose to forgive it. By doing so, we give the other person a chance to do it right the next time. Forgiving means we don't throw old mistakes back at people. Sure, we may recall them from time to time, but we don't have to relive them. Mentioning them by comparing present-day situations with old mistakes makes us relive those old mistakes. It brings them back into memory. Instead, we can simply choose to replace the old memories that come up from time to time with new ones. I consider this also self-care, because by reliving old hurts, we're not doing ourselves any good. We choose to suffer. We hang on instead of letting go, and without letting go, we cannot move forward wholeheartedly. Fraser recommends three steps for the receiver of an apology. First, thank the person who is apologizing. Second, acknowledge that the person has owned their mistake and is attempting to repair it. And then third, and only if you're ready, accept the apology. And you don't have to. Sometimes it's not possible. When both parties have done their part, the third step is a mutual agreement to start over. This is when both parties take responsibility for their mutual happiness. This is not just me thinking of me and you thinking about your pain. This is a conscious decision to begin again in this present moment, here and now. I love this. So often, I have just stood there, not knowing even what to say when someone apologized to me. I've downplayed it. Oh, you don't need to apologize. But going forward, I will change that. The apologizer deserves a proper acknowledgement for the effort to make things right. Their apology is a call to action for me to make a conscious effort and forgive and move forward. I don't know about you, but I don't get an apology often. And I don't give one often either. So let's allow this episode today to motivate us to do better, to give a better apology, a more sincere one, and to give it more often. And also to receive a sincere apology in a more mindful way and truly forgive the other person. Let's give it a try. What do you think? Much love.